Hello, everyone. It's Kyle Walters. I'm with George Shavlik and Chris McCrary, and this is Don't Be Shocked. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me today. How are you all doing? Doing well. Doing well. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. First voice you heard was Chris. Uh, Second voice was George. And guys, let's just talk a little bit of how this podcast is going to go and uh, what got this started and how we all know each other. We are missing one member of our crew, uh, Jake Druin, (laughs) who uh, he had, uh, I don't know, scheduling conflict. (laughs) But um, Chris, George, Jake, and I all coach uh, Little League Baseball together. Um, A seven-year-old travel baseball team, and uh, the four of us have formed a a very good friendship and we love telling baseball stories, love talking about baseball cards. Um, George and Chris know about every baseball player in existence. And for the most part, I have no idea who they're talking about. And that's going to (laughs) continue when when we get to uh, some of our baseball talk later. Uh, But we're going to title this one as the debut. Uh, This is our debut podcast. Uh, We're going to talk, about each of our individual coaching debuts, our favorite uh, MLB player debuts, and then, of course, our favorite rookie cards. So, um, Chris, how, th- how are things going for you? Sure, sure. Things are going a little insane. Uh, I'm definitely missing baseball, so watching and, and playing. So I've got three boys, uh, nine, seven, and four. I guess I'd be remiss to say uh, they were named after Major League Baseball players. Um, but uh, overall, um, spending a lot of time with them. But I'm glad to be on here and, and talking baseball with you guys because there's only so much the uh, NFL draft does for me. <laughs> so. Awesome. George, how about yourself? Oh, yeah, just hanging out. Uh, I've been talking to my best friend, Weller12, tonight. It's, uh, <laughs> we, we, is uh, he talking back? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't had enough. Just it's, It is a work night for me. I am essential, as they would say. Uh-oh. So, yeah. But uh, I tell you, it's been rough. It really has been rough. I, last Yesterday, I was literally standing on my grilling patio, and I really started thinking about what it's going to be like the first time I get to go to practice with my boys. And I got emotional. Like it's killing me, guys. It really yeah, is. Yeah. It's nuts. I, yeah. I can't. I can't imagine what this is. If, if people have to do this, like on a regular basis, this is cool. miserable. Oh, I'm miserable. But yeah. getting out, <laughs> playing with my kids outside, doing a lot of just little drills as much as as much as I'm allowed to, because obviously we're at home and stuck. And the last thing my kids want is to hear me barking orders and doing <laughs> drills. So, but we're uh, we're making it, just ha- enjoying it. I'm excited about this. I. I don't uh, don't really call and talk to people, so because mostly guys, there's no sports on, so we don't have anything to talk about. Right. So this That's is actually right. this is actually a a, a a relief to have a little sports talk that uh, that's not necessarily going on in my life. Oh, exactly. I, I'm right there with you, Georgia. We put up videos with our our players, and uh, the last one we did had a little element to where uh, each kid said what they missed the most about baseball, and man. As a coach, that was uh, that was hard to get through at times. Uh, it was so, but let's let's segue into uh, you know I'll well I'll tell you what I'm doing. Of course, 
I still get up and, and drive to a bank every day. Um, so <laughs> I come home and uh, got two boys. And me and my youngest have uh, developed our nightly routine is going out and picking up rocks in our front yard and backyard. Uh, probably something that should have been done about the time we tried to plant grass. That's been my, my goal since we're not playing baseball is to try to get a, uh, a yard. If you go look in my yard right now, there's patches of grass everywhere and there are rocks <laughs> everywhere. So me and Maddox have been, uh, that's been our thing. See, don't, don't think of it as getting a new yard, thinking of it as building a baseball field. You know, I did watch Field of Dreams uh, <laughs> two nights ago, and the whole time I'm like, I could do that. Uh, if, if my backyard didn't turn into a pond, you know. Well, you can still do it. Water has <laughs> Yeah. I, it, w- it would be no different than our peanut field regularly. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's very true. But, I mean, I was on uh, baseball savings looking at, you know, bases and plugs and, should I go ahead and do 60 feet and 90 feet to 60 feet? You know, uh, how much dirt can I get out here? <laughs> so, yeah. So if you're, ever... if you build it, we will all come. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so if you're all ever bored, feel free to uh, make the trek down here. I got a ton of rocks that, uh, <laughs> I don't want to. T- I don't want to detract from you and and Madman's uh, <laughs> activities. Uh, the, well, I will tell this one story. The first time we did it, me and Max probably picked up rocks for thirty, forty-five minutes, and um, I go around the corner to get a shovel, and he's in the driveway just chucking rocks back into the yard. I'm <laughs> fairly confident <laughs> that uh, you picked them up more than once. Oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> Pretty much so. Right, well, well, George, what have you been working on? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. What do you oh, mean? Man. What have I been working on? I have been watching every TV show that's possibly known to man. I've made sure oh, to man. get through everything. Tiger King, of course. Mm. So we're very, very, very uh, enjoyed that very much. Uh, all you cool cats and kittens, it's definitely a, <laughs> it's definitely a show to behold. Uh, so I. Also, you guys, this this time has uh, restoked my love of baseball cards. Oh, as, yes. you, as you well, guys yeah. know, we yes. really, really have been uh, into what cards I even have left. <laughs> could could any of them possibly be a PSA ten? Which I absolutely know none of them will be. <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, and, and just kind of rebirthing that whole situation, and also buying cards that maybe I would have never been able to buy before. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. that's a fun one, right that, that, there. That's the just kind of being a grown up now, doing a child's looking oh, yeah. at, at a child's game is uh, is definitely important and it's exciting and. I won't tell you how many cards I've bought in the last month. Um, <laughs> but, Is the post the postman uh, speaking highly of you, or let's 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 just assure you that I get to the mailbox before anybody else does <laughs> in my house. And you have kept the post office in business. So. I'm, I'm doing my job. That's right. Well, I'm stimulating the economy. One of the fascinating things about George is he knows what's coming to his mailbox before it gets. <laughs> <laughs> it's the app, man. The informed the U.S. Postal Service informed app is the greatest app in the history of apps. 
Every eBayer needs it. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing because I and it also lets me know if it's even worth going to get my mail. So oh. it could save you a walk that day if it's worthless and, and junk. So well, also the speaking of debuts, the Tops twenty twenty project um, has gotten us all kind of united in an interesting way. So it's if anybody's not familiar with it, it's a new project that Tops is doing where they've got these 20 artists that they've, um, I guess, more or less um, commissioned to do 20, their, their take on 20 famous rookie cards that Tops has put out over the years. And um, it's potentially moneymaker um, if you get the right cards. Um, are you guys going to collect any of them or, or pick any of them up or have you already? I haven't bought a single one. Uh I'm just trying to get over some of the uh, the child art on on some of the front of them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You gotta you gotta um, appreciate the art. That's the problem. You don't appreciate it. I just gotta know from eBay. I am currently winning a Greg Maddox uh, PSA nine. Oh, which one? Uh, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> this isn't live, so nobody's gonna go on it. That, that is true. And in the uh, I did not uh, fact check. Wait a minute. Hold on. Which one? <laughs> It's which which, which which one is? Right, listen, I've bought I've bought three of them in the last two weeks, so I might not need that one, but I might need it if it's a rookie. It's not a rookie. Uh, oh, I don't want it then. It's an O three Bowman. Now the description oh, says uh, population one, which I didn't like. I said I didn't go fact check it, and it says no tens. Um, mm. But I'm not sure how desirable it is because it's going for five dollars and thirty nine cents currently. Four minutes left. Uh, I'll tell you, my experience is you can get about any PSA 8 or 9 card, which is still a a really good-looking card, for sometimes cheaper than what it costs to actually grade the card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I've been looking at, and I haven't – I've because some of them, like, uh, you'll go in and try to find a guide or whatever, look on PSA, they have some pricing – and it's it'll and if it's less than ten bucks, which you know that's the economy cost basically to get it graded. If it's less than ten bucks, it doesn't. I don't care if it's a if it says it's worth seven dollars and I got to pay eight dollars, it's worth it to me. It's right. something oh, that right. something that I want and something that's uh, that I couldn't I couldn't go get the card and then have it graded and then sure. it, I would spend more money on it. So it, it makes sense for me. It doesn't doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah. Yep. So I, okay, uh, I've fallen victim to I think it may be PSA scheme. Uh, they set up these uh, sets, and you know each player has so many cards. And um, so my youngest son's named Maddox. So my thought is I'll collect that set for um, I'll collect, collect the George or Greg Maddox set for for Maddox and give it to him one day. Um, and this card was just one of the cheapest. But to qualify for a set, it's got to be a it's got to be a graded PSA slabbed card. Um, so you're buying cards mm. for 99 cents and paying $30 to get it graded and just so you can complete the set. So Oof. not a terrible business model from PSA standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to understand why, why didn't you, why didn't your firstborn named after a baseball player then? My firstborn is actually named after a Western basketball player. Um, that, so my wife, Megan, her athletic department at Western, uh, she got to know this guy, got to know him, 
He was just a But I don't want to name him after this guy. We just Ooh. both like that name. Uh, so that's essentially what Caden's named after Caden Dickerson, okay. uh, former former Hilltopper. We did change the uh, the first letter in his name to be with a K instead of a C. But yeah, what's his middle name? His little name's Lee, and that's it for my uh, grandfather. Okay, we can't knock that. Yeah, but uh, I figured it could have been Diddle. It, yeah. I mean, it, it <laughs> could have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Maddox uh, should have. Of course, I carry the first name Gregory. So does my mm. dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, in hindsight, we should have named Gregory Maddox. Maddox. Gregory Maddox. Uh, you know, Maddox was almost Hudson Maddox. Um, that's a lot of we... pressure, though. Because when we had our firstborn, whom I named after Nolan Ryan, Casey wanted to literally name him Nolan Ryan McCreary. And I was like, no, that's, that's way too much pressure. Um, and we ended up actually, his, sec, his middle name is Reed. And it's after Nolan's son, Reed Ryan, who I grew mm-hmm. up a big Reed Ryan fan. He pitched at TCU, which I lived across the street from. So, um, but... That's funny that we could have a Gregory Maddox and a Nolan Ryan, um, but I'm glad we didn't give him the middle name Ryan because, of course, my second born is named Ryan. Everybody calls him Ryan, um, but uh, yeah, he. I that's a uh, a Texas a Texas born pitcher thing because I, Roger Clemens' son was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Co- I think Cody. Kobe was his There's name. There's a Kobe, a Cody, yep. and a he's got a third. Casey, this playing Casey ball. Clemens, I think. There's a yeah. There's a Casey. I think he's playing in the uh, yeah. Blue Jays or I think Blue Jays organization. I could be off. They don't test there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh. All right, let's segue into some stories, guys. Let's talk about <laughs> our uh, our coaching debuts. Um, kind of threw this out there in a text earlier. Uh, Ooh, I did win that Greg Maddox, in case you're all wondering. Um, hey, congratulations. <laughs> but, I, um, so, not necessarily your, I don't know if you want to talk about just your very first time coaching, ba- very first game coaching baseball. Maybe I'm going to talk about my first time coaching uh, my son in a meaningful game. Um, but, George, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Yeah, I had to go back and forth on this, and I was expecting Jake to be here. So, um, my first head coaching debut was, of course, it was T-ball, in May May of 2017. So, and the reason I started with that because I think it really it really speaks to <laughs> to kind of how um, the type of manager I am because that's really what I do is I I manage I let I've got coaches my coaches do their their role and we and I go between all of the different drills and pods and everything but I I I and if Jake was here I, I'd be curious because Jake was one of my assistants uh, I had I think seven assistants my <laughs> football year I was very I don't lucky. know if you had enough um, it's with seven I. It was pretty awesome because uh, I would see some of those other teams. I'd like the Braves. Yeah. I mean, they were a mess. Um, <laughs> remind me to tell you about the but, Cardinals sometime. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, was that a was that a Bob Berry team? No, the coach didn't show oh. up to the first practice. Oh, yeah. yikes! 
Yikes. But, uh, but it, it really was, uh, and I don't know what the parents thought. And that's, I would always be curious because I know some people don't like me and that's okay. But I, I don't know because I wasn't like, I was, I was too serious to the point of I didn't want my kids running around like crazy maniacs. And so I had a really good pod system I set up. I didn't use it in practice. I still believe in pod system drills and training. But uh, for, for me, it was, I, I showed up that first game and I've, I've got, of course, I've got all my parents ready, all my, uh, all my, all my assistants uh, out on the field. I got, they've got a spot. They've got a left field guy, a right field guy, a center field guy, a guy between short and third, and a guy between first and second. And I'm at the pitcher's mound. So that's how many coaches I've got on the field at one time. Um, and so they all've got a, I, I've got them a printout. It, they've got every inning course in t-ball. We, don't, I think we barely ever got past two innings. I don't think I ever played any more than that. Um, but they all had who who the kids were, so that way when they went out to the field, they could just grab their three kids, and that was it. They didn't have to talk to any other kids. They didn't have to worry about them. Um, and so it was it was it it kind of helped set me up to what I wanted to do and the way I wanted to at least control a team, you know, because it was total chaos. I mean, literally there was thirteen or fourteen kids on the field. Uh, seven of them might have wanted to be there. And then the rest of them were just were drugged. I had one kid that wore a boat. He would wear a tie. He showed up in cowboy boots one game. I mean, it, on. he was awesome. We loved. He wore a tie, we like a. He wore a tie. He wore a clip-on tie one game with his uniform. Uh, uh, yeah, over top of his uniform. Yeah, he put the tie on top of. It. It's pretty amazing, but uh, <laughs> but really, it really it really did though. It it's it set it set my it set the stage for what kind of coach I wanted to be. You know, as as I look up at my heroes like Bobby Cox, um, I haven't gotten thrown out of game yet. That's something I'm really, you know, I'm waiting for the right time. But minors is when that. I'm waiting. I'm very. I I thought about it in All Stars last year, but I didn't. Thank you. At uh, at yeah at Regions, at Regions, I was really really ready for it, and uh, but I I held back. But there's been a lot of opportunities to. uh, to grow from just that first debut and it kind of, it kind of set the tone. It helped, helped make sure that my parents are, are all in line with what we want to do and how we'd be successful as a team. And uh, I was, that that's, it's always going to stick in my head that, that first time, that first time running onto the field and, and seeing the boys yell, you know, ready defense and actually seeing most of my four and five year olds actually get down with their glove on the ground. So it was pretty awesome. awesome. Four and five year olds. Oh, there was three-year-olds, too. Yeah, I mean, I think Caden played as a three-year-old. Yes, Caden, my yeah. son played uh, T-ball as a three-year-old, and uh, he loved it. Mm. He used to come home and tell me about all the home runs he hit. Uh, <laughs> so, he, still, he still talks about that. Uh, I didn't coach, coach that team, but, uh, you know, we, we're talking about hitting the ball hard and I think his dream is to hit one, hit a home run, and uh, I tried to get him an inside the Parker against against George last year, and a bad call got him out of the plate. But uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he'll still say, "Oh, I hit home runs." Remember when I played with the Cubs? Because <laughs> <laughs> he batted yeah, last. He batted last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and there's a there's a video that. Uh, I think one of my family members put on Facebook of him actually hitting one and, uh, you know, Facebook memories will pop up and somebody will show it to him and he's like, oh, yeah, I hit a bunch of home runs. Hmm. But nonetheless, Chris, let's hear about your debut. This is, oh, I'm man. interested in this one. 
Well, mine is what I, what I remember the most. Cause it's been a little while. Um, this was 2015, and um, my oldest was four. And we started, um, you know, we got together for the very first practice. And you need to turn off that phone so we can watch TV. <laughs> no, get out of here. What's up, Tom? The um, the very first huddle I had, I kind of was down on a knee. I've always made a point, particularly for t-ball. You know, when you meet meet kids, get down on a knee, kind of shake their hand, be at their level, and you know, and they're they're three, four, five. I don't expect them to know much about baseball. And so, what I remember from our first practice is, I had these two kids, these twin twin boys, who showed up, and they were decked out head to toe in Philadelphia Phillies gear. And my T-ball team was the Rangers, but that, you know, I just thought, well, that's interesting. I thought maybe military kids, you know, they're from Jersey area or something, Philadelphia, whatever. And um, I'm down on a knee and the very first thing, you know, I'm just talking about baseball and this is the ball we play with and we hit it with a bat, you know, and these kids are looking at me like, oh yeah, duh. You know, they're, they're four and five. And I asked everybody, I said, you know, who's your favorite player and major league baseball player. And of course, my son was the only one who knew anybody, and he just said Nolan Ryan, I think, just because he knew he was named after Nolan Ryan. We get around, these kids are like, I don't know, I don't know. At least these two kids dressed in head to, head to toe in Phillies gear both said my dad. And um, that really, you know, the memory I have, from that, I kind of said, who is their dad? <laughs> and um, we got done with practice, and, you know, I got to find out their dad was uh, an assistant trainer for the athletic trainer for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and so we would get these video messages from the Phillies dugout or clubhouse or whatever before our games. And it would be Philadelphia Phillies players who would, would send us these messages. And the, what I really, really remember the most about that season is we're, I'm down on a knee before the game. We're talking. I've got everybody in to do a huddle. And I'm saying, hey, we got this message. And we had, uh, I think it was Carlos Ruiz. And Andres Blanco were giving us a, mess- a Facebook message that day saying, good luck, Phillies, go get them. And I will never forget, I'm sitting there, and my, my jaw is just on the floor. We're talking <laughs> to these guys at the Phillies clubhouse before their afternoon game. And I look, and all the boys are looking up in the sky, and one of the boys is pointing going, airplane. <laughs> I'm like, we are talking to the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, but uh, So I think probably, though, the best thing I learned – um, was patience. You've got to have patience with kids. Um, and I've run kind of coached the whole game. And I love, I, of course, I love the older coaching, the older kids because they, they pay attention, listen to you so much. But I think uh, getting that basis and, and being down, getting four and five year olds and learning patience and learning to, to talk at their level um, is just a huge thing. And then, and what's most rewarding is to kind of see even you know, even though maybe they're playing still and I'm not coaching them, other people have coached and they've had two or three other coaches, but they'll come up, give me a high five, be like, you remember when I was, you know, on the Rangers? And yeah, cool. um, to see, that's that's the that's the best part of coaching is just to see. I can't wait to watch, <laughs> you know, a lot of those kids in high school, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, I love it. I just, when I go to my son's school, like literally, <laughs> I, I, especially during lunchtime, I get, I get more high fives 
and I get, hey, Coach Jordan, I love it. It's, 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 I've got more. I've got more friends under it's sixth amazing. grade. My wife is I, wife is PTA president, and we'll go for like Thanksgiving or whatever, you know, when it. And she said she calls me like a celebrity in the hall because <laughs> all the kids are like, Coach, Coach. It's it's great. Oh yeah, I, I love it. it. I love it. I love That's it. Cool. That's cool. What about right. you, Kyle? I don't think All right, so I'm going to go to my 6U debut uh, with the uh, the mighty Orioles. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Probably, when we all the, that's when we all met each other. That is, yeah, it exactly. For is. real, met each well, other. Yeah. Um, I had a uh, very, very good team for three-fourths of the season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't uh, – of course, I'd coached baseball for know the game. Um, I was very, very, very nervous for my uh, my first game in six two because I was sitting trying to figure out how do we get somebody out on a ball hit the third, um, <laughs> and I soon realized that you just don't. <laughs> we call it six year old. We call it the knockdown position. <laughs> yeah, a kid who can knock the ball down and step on uh-huh. third if you got a force. <laughs> And I, I quickly realized that uh, not that not to really worry about that because nobody else could get anybody else out from third either. <laughs> so um, our first game, I think this is one of the proudest moments I've ever been to my son. Caden um, had a very very hard time adjusting to the machine. Um, you know, if we if me and him go at that time, if we were to go play. This in the backyard, he would hit everything I threw him. Um, but the very first practice we had in six shoe, uh, he got a stinger on his very first foul ball, and he went six weeks and did not touch a pitch in practice. So I hit him probably in the seven or the eight spot, and it's the first inning um, of our first game. Um, we got runners at second and third, scores 0-0. Caden gets up. There's two outs. And, I'm, and I just tell him, I said, go and have fun. That's all I want you to do. Go have fun. Well, he uh, misses the first two pitches. And then the third one, he laced right up the middle. We score two runs. We go on to win that game, I think, 8-1 to one or something of that nature. But um, I don't know. See your son ex- succeed at something that has I mean it was weighing on him hard because he's always been um, pretty athletic always been able to hit hit a baseball um, well and I'll tell you and re- I, mean, I don't mean to cut you off but you know he was one of the youngest in the league and he had the second highest contact rate in that league that year yeah he went the whole season and struck out twice um, that year um, which um I mean, surprised me because I'll tell you, <laughs> the night before that or the day before that game, uh, we went to my dad's house and I bought him probably three bats uh, <laughs> in practice before. I was like, let's try that. Maybe it's the bat. Let's try that. How many bats do you think we Maybe bought between the, the three of us? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're fine. But my dad said, Caden, these batting gloves are magic. <laughs> you put these batting gloves on and you won't have any sting. And, uh, you know, he hit, he hit a couple. 
Uh, and then right before that game, right, oh, he's on deck. He's like, Dad, where's my batting gloves? I need my batting gloves. They're magic. <laughs> so that <laughs> another another thing that makes this the most memorable uh, debut first game for me is uh, I got a good friend Ty. He's helped me coach. Um, you know, every team I've been a part of. And uh, I noticed, I mean, he's my, I think he's my first base coach or my machine feeder or something. And uh, the game's about to start and he's nowhere to be found, nor his son Carter. And I'm in a little bit of a panic mode. Um, and here comes Carter and his mom, Lindsay, and uh, Carter's in flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> Carter's my catcher. Oh, okay. um, Ty had left his cleats at home, so he was <laughs> making the trip back to go get those. But uh, Carter suited up in the first inning. We played in flip in catcher's gear with flip flops. And looking back, that's probably <laughs> one of the <laughs> dumbest decisions I've ever had. I've ever made as a coach to let him go do that. Uh, but I do have a picture of, that, of uh, Carter in flip flops catching. Nice. So, yeah, I think um, we've. Together, uh, us three and, and Jake, you know, we made our debut uh, all coaching together this past all-star season in Fern Creek uh, with a tournament I don't think we'll, we will ever forget. Um, <laughs> or an umpire we'll never forget. An, an umpire we'll never <laughs> forget. Uh, but what uh, – he's, <laughs> he's the Joe Biden of umpires. He doesn't <laughs> – he doesn't. He didn't even know he was umpiring. Some he just he, somebody walked him out there and he stood there. He didn't know. He he was un, unsure of himself. Uh, I think that's the, first, the hardest I've laughed since this whole pandemic, George. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a well, miserable that, human! That, that very first game, and I think we got a glimpse. Uh, Chris and Chris coached All Stars the year before. Caden played on that team. I got to experience that. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. And it wasn't. <laughs> It was, let's just say it was okay. It was rough. <laughs> so going, it, is, it was rough. Yeah. Going into this all-star um, season, of course, we all talked about it, but we kind of set our expectations very low. Um, we come in, we play one of the top programs in the state, and uh, I just remember, see, I coached first base. I remember, I think we were away. And that first inning, we were up to bat. Um, of course, we caught glimpses of it in practice before. That first inning, you just got a sense of how special our kids were yeah. and how much fun they were to be a part of. Um, we went toe-to-toe with that team. I don't remember the final score. It took us three days to finish the game. Um, <laughs> because of rain. <laughs> because of rain. that part in there. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and we went to extra innings. Yeah. Uh, I was – <laughs> 13, 13 to, 12. to 12. Yeah, and it was it was our first yep. loss, but man, were we excited about about the group of kids we have oh. uh, after that game. That was a special game. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, we have a we essentially have the same team. It's a, it's a blast getting on the field with those guys, and of course, missed that very much. Man, we'd be what five deep tournaments right now. So. Yeah, I'd like to think that uh, my little wall over here would be would be full of plaques and, and trophies, but uh, no, we uh, it's 
fun. Miss those guys. Can't wait to get back. Oh, man. So I've been throwing nonstop. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's, Let's take a twist here. Let's go. Uh, I don't know how to phrase this. If it's. Uh, I was looking earlier. I'll pull it up again. But let's talk MLB debuts uh, for some of your players, whether it be, you know, just an awesome debut that you witnessed personally or um, just let's just talk about MLB players' debuts. And, uh, George, why don't you lead us off? Okay. So I was thinking about this earlier, and it was uh, when you're when – you're, I don't know. When you talk about the late 80s, early 90s, there wasn't all the internet. You know, you didn't really find out about somebody until after they became somebody. So you didn't like, you know, you think about today, though, or even in the last 20, 20 years, you know, you can follow a, a minor leaguer that's getting getting a lot of pub, you know, and there there's Twitter's telling you everything. And of course, you can follow all these awesome people, uh, you know, somebody like Dave O'Brien. He's, you know, he's talking about prospects, you know, you know, you know about Austin Riley before right. he ever ever puts on a Braves uniform in the MLB. So it's a lot different uh, than maybe when I was a kid. So I don't I didn't really have anything to think about when I was young when I was a, a young kid. But then I really thought about what was somebody that was hyped, and 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 actually showed up and it was everything and it was that I actually took time to watch and it was Strasburg, in uh, in 2010. It was he was. I mean, he was LeBron, right. basically, like for for baseball, as far as baseball would go. Like you, you knew who he was. He, you knew every start he had in the minors. They were talking about it on Sports Center. You know, he was he was going to be the guy. And then to actually, when his day, his debut, uh, he showed up and he had eleven strikeouts or fourteen strikeouts, and his, and his his debut in the majors. It's it's it was unbelievable. The the atmosphere was amazing. Just watching it on TV. I just, you know, and and really, I hadn't followed. I had really lost hmm. touch with Major League Baseball probably for, a, you know, five or ten, five to ten years. I hadn't paid much. I knew, I knew what was going on. I knew where the Braves were, um, you know. But really, after two thousand one, two thousand two, it was kind of like I was in college and things had other priorities in life. And it, it, fantasy baseball had really died down because it's hard to pay attention <laughs> for one hundred sixty two <laughs> games. And so you, you're right. So all that stuff, but but when he was all of a sudden, this guy's out of nowhere. You know, he's he's amazing and he's great and he's the next everything. And and you're like, and after the whole Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood debacle, which I loved Mark Pryor. Oh. I, I wish he, I, that's one guy I wish so, yeah, would never I was gotten a, hurt as a. I was I a Wood pitchers. fan. Oh yeah, I idolized him growing up. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah, he was great. I mean, obviously the the twenty strikeouts and all that stuff, but. You know, just injuries and injuries, and of course, when he, and anybody that goes to the Rangers, eventually, you know, it um, but but yeah, Strasburg, Strasburg was it, and he really was, and he and he came out and and he, he did everything he was supposed to do, and and I, that night he actually set a national in his debut, set a national mm. record for strikeouts in a game. So I mean, right off the bat, he was he was it. And of course, they—I don't know if you guys remember—but he was that uh, he was on the innings yeah. count even back then. I think it was like 130 innings or something. So you knew, uh, and of course, then he had Tommy John. So everything was just crazy. And of course, this past year it showed up again how amazing he really is. Um, but that that debut is that that reminds me of LeBron's debut uh, because it it really was. It was this was going to be the next guy. And he he showed up that night and he did it. He was he was everything that they expected him to be. 
uh, I did look it up finally. He had seven innings, four hits, no, you know, no earned runs, 14 strikeouts. I mean, that's amazing. I was 21 years old, and, and everybody was waiting for him. It wasn't like he just showed up out of nowhere, and so was like, oh, my gosh, who is this guy? He was the guy coming out, and that was like, okay, here he comes, here he, uh, and then he's here, and he delivered. Mm. He definitely delivered that night. That was that was a big debut. That's awesome. Loved it. Yeah. Chris, is, your, is yours going to be Joey Gallo? <laughs> <I'm, laughs> um, I actually, I, just a full disclosure, I pulled up, uh, I just Googled top MLB debuts, um, and I'm just going through here, and jo- Joey Gallo is actually one of them. I didn't. Who are you going to talk about, Chris? You know, I guess. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's well, it's I do like Gallo. Yeah, that's, that's Ron's favorite player now that no more Mazzara. He went three for four with a, with oh, a homer. I, w- I watched the game. A, a double uh, walk and four ribbons. Now, so, I mean, you're going to have a debut. That's one way to get on the map. I, I will tell you, um, and I should have just give a little bit of background information. I grew up 15 miles away from Arlington Stadium. Um, which then became, you know, the ballpark at Arlington, Globe Life Park, and now Globe Life Field, um, which still hasn't debuted yet. But um, I grew up a Texas Rangers fan, which is very difficult to be a Texas Rangers fan. Um, It's an exciting time now, but um, growing up in the Texas heat, um, you would go to that stadium, which was just a cookie-cutter ballpark. The benefit of being a Rangers fan then and even now when they travel is cheap tickets and uh, for five <laughs> for, for $5 my parents would take me and a couple buddies from the neighborhood that would drop us off in front of the stadium with five bucks that would get you a $2 ticket that'd get you a nacho and a drink um, and the ticket it didn't really matter where it was at we would just go down to the front row of left field center field right field and we would go you know whoever um Whoever was in town, you know, for instance, if Ricky was, if, if the Oakland A's were in town, and that was a huge one growing up in the 80s and early 90s, is when the A's were in town, you would go. Um, we would go, and we would sit behind, right behind Ricky or Jose Canseco. Or, um, so I've got lots of memories of doing that as childhood, and was kind of reminiscing the other day about how lucky I was, because for me that was the norm, um, how lucky I was to grow up so close to a ballpark and, and see all these greats. I and did not appreciate then, you know, I knew the guys, I knew Kirby puppet cup, Kirby Puckett. I knew those guys then. Um, but I, you know, to me, it wasn't cool that they were there when the A's were there. It's cool. I remember when Griffey was a rookie, Griffey jr. Was a rookie um, going to watch. And that was big. But the, one of the things um, I got, into baseball and what really got me into baseball was Nolan Ryan when he signed with the Rangers that's kind of when they they I don't want to say became relevant because they've never really been relevant but when everybody got excited about the Rangers and so that's when I started paying attention and the Fort Worth Star Telegram all right it was the newspaper it still is down there that we had a um, we had a subscription to and I would read the sports page crazy and living in that part of the country there's as you can imagine a ton of dallas cowboy fans and, and cowboys do take precedence um at least in that the dfw area but um I, be- I quickly became a rangers diehard and they had a really nice like this is what's going on in the minor leagues because when you're a rangers fan you, you only had you know hope springs eternal 
Um, he, you could only hope for what the future is going to be. <laughs> and so I used to read up on their minor league prospects. And the guy I'm going to talk about now is a Hall of Famer. Um, the guy I was the most excited about, and they were always the highest on, was Ivan Rodriguez um, or Pudge. And um, Pudge, I will Pudge. never forget, we were on a road trip. Um, by road trip, we were going to see my grandparents in the Boot Hill, Missouri. And we were in the middle of Oklahoma when there was this and, – and everybody knew Pudge. It, the name had come up. Everybody's excited. Um, he was he was eighteen, nineteen years old. I mean, he was young, but you know, Texas signed him when he was maybe fifteen or sixteen. And um, Texas hadn't had a good catcher ever, and uh, everybody was comparing him already defensively to Johnny Bench and all this stuff. So, but I remember we were in the vehicle, radio was going, and they said, you know, the Rangers have called up Ivan Rodriguez. Something had happened to their, you know, one of their starting catchers, and I was so excited about that. And I was so disappointed that I actually missed his his watching his debut. But I used to listen in the uh, the radio station that we listened to was an AM station. You could pick it up anywhere. I actually listened to his major league debut. Um, I was in Missouri of all places, um, and he threw out a couple base runners. And you know, I, th- I think he got a, a hit or two in his his first game. But that was someone who I always followed. He was. It, interestingly enough, was never my favorite Texas Ranger. Um, but that was a debut that I really looked forward to. And, of course, didn't know he'd be a Hall of Famer. But um, I think it's kind of now, cool. Christine, you've told me this story, I think, once. Is there something uh, in particular about Pudge's debut? Was he married that day? Or? Yes. Pudge. <laughs> I have told you a story. <laughs> Pudge was supposed to get married. He was, uh, he was in double A. He was playing for the Tulsa Drillers, which was a Rangers affiliate at the time. And and I think that is why yeah. we were we were actually in Oklahoma when they announced it. I think that's the only reason we heard it. It was a local radio station, and he was supposed to get married at the Tulsa Drillers Field that day um, <laughs> when he was promoted. And I, I want to say it was either Mike Stanley or, or Jeff Russell, one of them, whoever got hurt as a Rangers catcher, um, and he got the call that he was promoted. And they literally said, "Hey, you know, sorry, you got to come up here." I, I think he ended up getting married, um, maybe justice the peace or something but he was going to get married like on the field like before the game or something really cool um and he ended up bypassing that um <laughs> he uh just for, he so so for your knowledge there the he went straight yes. from double a to, to the majors yes. tulsa was a double a team that's that's pretty that's pretty wild he sure did he just bypassed that whole i don't need this <laughs> i don't need well, this hey. in my life he was he was 19, 19 years catching, old. And catching pretty, Nolan Ryan. Pretty he, wild, pretty he amazing. He actually is as a link to Nolan Ryan. There's a great picture out there. If you've ever seen the, the Robin Ventura-Nolan Ryan fight, um, there's a great picture of Ivan Rodriguez trying to jump on Robin Ventura's back. Rodriguez was catching that game, which is just cool. He was like 19 catching a you know 45-year-old. Um, but Uh, he yeah, was great. I, he really was. One, he was one of my favorite catchers. Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, well, I mean, he's. I mean, outside of Johnny Bench, I mean, John, what do you what do you do? Johnny, him, Johnny Bench. And, Defensively, there's nobody. Else. Then, Maybe I mean, Yadier is the closest defensively. Yeah. In this in this generation, yeah. What about you, Kyle? Well, Who's your debut guy? My de- my debut was well, like uh, yours. He. Went from triple A or double A straight to the majors, and this 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 story has more sentimental value than uh, anything to me. 
Um, July 11th, 2000. That's not right. Hold on. Jeff, Who are you looking Jeff at? Francoeur. Who is this? So I typed in Jeff Francoeur's MLB debut. Former Ranger. Seems like I should know this. July 7th, 2005. I looked that's it close. up. It said July 11th of 2009. And I'm like, that's not right. So July 7th, 2005 is a special day for me because it's my very first trip to Turner Field. Oh, nice. And it just so happened to be uh, Jeff Francoeur's Major League debut. Oh, that's cool. Um, and this really started my fandom with the Braves. I always had been a Braves fan. Um, you know, you could always watch the Braves or the Cubs on TBS. <laughs> and uh, when I grew up, the Braves were good. The Cubs were okay. I mean, you know – Kerry Wood was probably my favorite pitcher growing up, even though the the Braves had Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. Uh, it was still Kerry Wood. Still really like uh, Sammy Sosa. So I still have a little bit of uh, – I still like the Cubs, but the, the Braves uh, just took it for me. And uh, so I graduated high school in 2005. My parents gave me a, a trip to Atlanta for – uh, and kind of a graduation presence of me and my, my cousin Jesse and my friend Ty and my dad. We all went to uh, to Atlanta. Uh, we're driving downtown Atlanta. Of course, like I said, this is my first time there. So uh, my dad had been there, but he had no clue where we're going. So we're we're driving all over downtown Atlanta. And I don't know if y'all been to Turner Field, but it's not in the greatest part of uh, the neighborhood. It's a little rough <laughs> in Atlanta. I could I can get you to the ballpark now. You, I know the exits. You go around the Capitol. Um, yes. it's, 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 it's not, not there, it's not there now. now. But if if you if you ever want, I can get you to SunTrust or Truist Park too. But if you ever want to go watch Georgia State play, uh, I can get you to Turner Field. Uh, but. We're, we're listening to the radio, and uh, they're just ecstatic for Jeff Francoeur. He's a, he's a local guy. He could throw, man. Um, man, he had an arm. He, yes, he had a cannon. Rocket. Um, so, you know, I go to the ballpark. I'm excited. I don't know, I don't know who Jeff Francoeur is. I didn't follow the minor leagues uh, extensively, but uh, get to the ballpark, get in. They're playing the, they're playing the Cubs of all teams. It's a packed house. Um, of course, the Cubs always travel well. We're sitting surrounded by Cubs fans. Uh, and I don't remember the uh, exact at bat, but uh, Frank Hoare hit a home run to right center field. Uh, just a, a moment I'll never forget. And <laughs> it really started my fandom of Jeff Frank Hoare. He has been – and I've seen this uh, – actually, I played this clip of him hitting that home run for uh, Megan and Caden, I don't know, two nights ago. Uh, but, and someone said, and this is so true for me, he is my favorite bad player in baseball oh, ever. He, he wasn't terrible. <laughs> he wasn't terrible. Um, but he wasn't, let's see, I do have his stats. Uh, he, uh, he was a 261 hitter through, um, uh, nine years about somewhere in that ballpark. Um, he swung at everything. That that was his downfall. He could destroy lefties. Um, had a cannon for an arm in, in right field, and but he was by far my favorite player uh, in the four years he was with the Braves. And I even continued to follow him after he left the Braves. The only uh, 
negative two Francoeur is, and I still can't believe this. I remember, I remember where I was at when he got traded. I was at my, one of my friend's house and it came on my phone. Francoeur has been traded to the Mets. <laughs> and mm, I was oh, like, man. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't even root for him now. He plays, he's on the Mets. And I, I, I think they the Braves traded him for like, I don't know, three or four dozen baseballs. They didn't get nothing back for him. Um, and then he, you know, he went on to play with the Phillies, another team oh, that the, the Rangers. A diehard Braves fans, you, you can't. He was a Ranger. He was a he, Ranger. He was Ranger the, for American for, League champion, for two weeks. Texas Ranger. I, he was. I remember the moment was, they announced when he had been traded to the Rangers, and I was really excited because I was like, that guy can throw. I, yeah, he hit three forty for the well, Rangers he, in fifteen games. Yeah, pretty amazing year. <laughs> pretty amazing. And they won the, They were the AL champions. I mean, that was the only time they've ever been decently relevant. Now, what do you mean the mid nineties Rangers from ninety four to area. about two thousand? They they won the AL West like they won the AL West like five times. Eight and ninety nine. They won in ninety four with a losing record. That's <laughs> how bad the they losing West. record and won the division. No, they, that was the strike year, so they were <laughs> yeah. in first place, and they've uh, never been in the yeah. playoffs. They were in first place, and the strike happened, and it broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> And they were they were like twelve games. See the break. I don't know if y'all remember. Just a, <laughs> I probably don't remember ninety four, but the Expos were like legit. I don't remember what the Expos record were, but they were killing everybody. That strike happened, and that's what probably ultimately led them to be taken from Montreal. Um, oh yeah, that was. Uh, they had was oh, they were not, they, had, they had like they had everybody. Bartolo Colon, they had Pedro everybody. Martinez, and. Uh, they were loaded. Vladdy Guerrero and Larry Walker. Can you imagine that team? They were thirty. Oh they were thirty-four gosh. games over five hundred. They were. I remember season. they were good, and I do remember the Rangers they were destroying first place. People. And I remember how excited everybody was. I had just moved to Kentucky, but let's. They had, well, of course, they had. They had Moises Alou, Marquise Grissom, that's Larry good, Walker. That's a that was their outfield. solid outfield. <laughs> That's that's pretty strong. They had Will Cordero, which uh, if you guys <laughs> collected baseball cards, he was 1991, 92. Yeah, that was it. Of course, well, I just looked, and and that, and that year he batted two ninety four at shortstop, so he was he was a stud that year. But their uh, their pitching man, they had Pedro. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember Ken Hill, the big. I think he was the big writer, big He's writer, a big time Ranger for a, while, for a while too. Yeah, because he pitched it. He was he played for the yeah, he was, he was the, a big dude. Rangers ace during that that nineties run that they had. He see he played for uh, the R- oh, Redbirds. Okay. That's where I saw him at because he came up through the Redbirds in the late eighties before he joined the Cardinals. So he joined the Cardinals, I think, in eighty eight. Yeah, so he was a big deal. But that was a good team. Yeah, you know his son is. Then they got uh, rid of him. Was a big time high or a big time college quarterback for Texas A and M. Yeah, his son and oh, really? uh, Patrick wow. Mahomes Senior's son. When I was growing up, Patrick Mahomes Senior uh, played for the pitch for the Rangers. Mahomes Senior, yeah. interesting. Yeah, he was the yep. he was a twins, twins guy, too, right? Ain't that, ain't that what I've seen? Huh. The Rangers. See, y'all talking about people I don't even know. <laughs> you know, you know his son. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I know his son. Well, well, you so that's what I grew up doing was going to the Redbirds games. So my whole 
from probably 86 or 87 through about 93. I bet I went I went to 30 or 40 games a year, whatever, now, whatever they their home games were. That's what I went Cincinnati. to. So. They were the red, uh-huh. yeah, they were yeah. the red, the Cardinals for a long time. And then they started messing around and they were the Brewers. And then they were the Reds and Brewers and Reds. So they they were flipping back and forth there in the late 90s into the 2000s. But for the longest time, they were just the Cardinals. And that was, I, I, it was nice because it, it made sense. They were the Redbirds. So. I, I do vaguely remember going to Redbirds games. Um, that stadium was awful. Oh. But they would they would march us around the outfield uh, in the nice astroturf that they just tore it down. Yeah, but, it was. Yes. The, oh, to, to put a bow on my uh, Frank Horror story, you caught uh, the home run. When ball? I was in college, <laughs> <laughs> that would've been awesome. When I was in college, I bought a Jeff Frank Horror autographed bat, and it was like my prized possession. Um, I still have it today, but it's in the garage. <laughs> Kate so. uses it for practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it, it may have made it oh, into yeah. the basement. <laughs> the man cave. Uh, it, it's not up, that's for sure. Like I said. I'm I'm, I'm surprised you didn't go to Kuna, because didn't you go to his game? Oh, I did. I went to his, uh, well, not to his debut. Mm. Um, oh. I was at the day game. Uh, Right after that, oh. so it was, um, I guess, the day game after he made his debut that night, and uh, me and Caden went up there, and there was, there was nobody there. The, by far, uh, that Reds game, Reds game. There was way more Braves fans than there were Reds Reds games. I think Acuna was a reason why. Um, funny story about that. I actually, I took some advice from. I have some family members that are Reds fans. And they said, well, park on the Kentucky side and just walk across the bridge. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that's probably easier said than done with a five-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was exhausted across that bridge and then uh, just having him cross traffic. But anyways, we seen Acuna hit his very first Major League home no, run. That's cool. And um, there was probably five guys – uh, around that and to watch them go for that ball was uh, <laughs> was fun. Or think about and how much guy it's that actually, now. <laughs> yeah, the guy that actually caught it, um, we went, me and Caden went up and we sat in that section just in case he hit another. Um, <laughs> and we were talking with the usher, the guy that caught the ball uh, just on a whim was like, oh, the Braves are in Cincinnati. That's straight up I 75. So they got in a car, like, I don't know, I gave was at one o'clock, I think it was seven hours. They drove that morning um, from Atlanta to Cincinnati. He ended up catching the ball. He gave it he gave it to Acuna after Acuna signed, you know, X number of bats and all of this. <laughs> but yeah, I'd forgotten about that, George. Thanks for that uh that reminder. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I was actually was... I realized I was actually at Jackie Bradley Jr.'s um first major league home run game. Um, we were the boys were figuring that out, and we've gone to Fenway, and that's and he's not a huge player. I mean, he's he's a very good player, but well, that's kind of cool that we actually were able to see something like that. Yeah. All right, we talked earlier. Uh, we're all getting. Well, I think Chris kind of revamped this with the <laughs> YouTube video with his kids, <laughs> but <we're> all, <laughs> and don't blame me to your wives. 
<laughs> I've always um, enjoyed collecting sports cards, baseball cards. I always wish the market would, you know, come back and um, all the cards that I had in the mid nineties would be worth something. But unfortunately I went through about, I don't know, 6,000, 7,000 cards and found out that I have about uh, 200 worth keeping. <laughs> and out of those 200 worth keeping about three of them are worth anything. Um, my, uh, my biggest find probably was my Tom Brady rookie. Um, I do have a, I'm looking at him right now. I I do have a Strasburg, uh, Team USA game use jersey. So that one's pretty cool. But he was, he was the only, uh, non amateur on that team. Was he really? Yeah. Fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, we talked about debuts, um, talk about rookie cards and for me i mentioned this earlier um a huge brace fan of course and chipper jones um is the d reason that i'm a brace fan um single-handedly and it all started in 1999 i wrote uh chipper we had a school project write your favorite baseball player i wrote chipper jones a letter uh put a baseball card in it a year later, I get it back, and it's autographed. And from that moment on, uh, I've been a huge Chipper Jones That's fan. That's cool. So, uh, PSA has the uh, kind of the collector's guide of sets. Um, you know, they break it down into rookie sets. And for, like, the, the better-known players, essentially, uh, these are the rookie cards you should look for. So... Uh, the last two weeks, it's been um, many hours spent on eBay looking for Chipper Jones rookie cards. Got them. You uh, should just call me. That, <laughs> that fit that set. <laughs> <laughs> there are six of those. I was fortunate enough to already have one that was PSA graded, um, basically his tops rookie. Um, I've since bought two boxes of the OPG tops, 1991s <laughs> to search for that one. That's the hardest one to find. You know what you need is the 1991 tops desert shield rookie. Oh, <laughs> oh you can't, you won't find now, that's expensive. Now for, I was talking to my friend Ty, I mentioned him earlier and he's like, well, baseball cards aren't worth anything. I'm like, yeah, your average Joe baseball card isn't. And then I pulled up eBay and sent him a screenshot. Um, uh, of the amount of Ronald Acuna cards that have sold for over a thousand dollars, it's ridiculous, it's crazy. And and uh, I know George and I talked about. It. There's one on there for tw- somebody bought a Ronald Acuna card for twenty six thousand dollars. <laughs> so it's not. I mean, yes, your average Joe card isn't worth anything, but George, what's that Desert Shield card Trevor Jones go for? Ooh. Oh, it's uh, uh, too much. The whole, the whole, the whole set's yeah. out of control. Well, and because there was, well, there wasn't very many of them. Of course, they yeah. send them overseas, and they're not, they're, they're not coming. Most, most of them weren't a lot of them collectors, come back. so very few came back. So the scarcity is what makes it so rare. I did see but, they were selling. Someone was selling packs of 1991 Desert Storm cards for a hundred dollars a pop um, the other day on eBay. Yeah. But, the the OPG uh, grade ten, I mean, that's a six hundred dollar baseball card on eBay. Um, I mean, it's a Canadian tops for anybody who doesn't know baseball this, cards. Yeah, 
That's the con- yeah, yeah. Same everything. And so I bought that box. I bought another just graded one to to have this collection. But my most fascinating card I've, I've gotten uh, through trying to collect these Chipper Jones is the micro 1991 Tops Chipper Jones. And, you know, I knew it was going to be small. And I sent you all a picture. I, I knew it was going to be small. But, um, you know, most of those micro small cards, I mean, they're still – you can still read the print on them. I feel like they were in uh, Cracker Jack boxes. Am I wrong about that? Or did they what I read set? was they were – they were sold as complete sets. Yeah, you know what? Maybe they, um, they, they're about the size of a harmonica or something for the whole set of like 700 whatever cards. Uh, so, yeah, I got this uh, I got this card. I bought it sight unseen. <laughs> um, Always a good idea. There, was, there wasn't a picture on eBay, but if you go look for that card, I mean, it's 5 or 6 7 $8, somewhere in that range. Um, but this guy's listing was uh, 1991 Tops Micro. Uh, pick your player, and the prices right. range from 99 cents to 2.99. So I went down and found Chipper, um, got it for 2.99 plus 75 cents shipping, and I got it back, and it actually looks really good. <laughs> um, that's not a bad, you know, that's not bad for that that car. So it's one I'm going to send off to get graded. A, a graded 10 right now. There's a few listings on eBay for it and they range between, you know, fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars. Now whether you'll get someone to uh to pay that is a different story. But uh yeah, George is yeah, complete you can buy the complete set. Let's see. How much is that complete set, George? For twelve dollars. <laughs> Less than twelve. Yeah. So if anybody's listening wants uh, a Chipper Jones micro rookie, I mean I'm pretty sure it's the only one in the box that's worth any money, right? That's the only one in nineteen ninety one tops. There's one error card that's worth some money in ninety one tops if you find it. And everything else besides the chipper is is cardboard. It's called yeah. paper. So I mean even at twelve dollars you get you a I think the graded nines are in the hundred and fifty dollar range. Oh, wow. So, um, I mean, I'd be interested decent. to know if they just haven't, if there's not many of them that exist. Would be my the the pop report was there was twenty six graded tens. Hmm. Um, the vast majority of them are graded nines and eights. Um, you can go ahead and you can buy a graded eight on eBay for fifty bucks. <laughs> um, so my thought was, you know, buy it for two ninety nine and. See if you can get an eight. <laughs> yeah, see if you can get an eight. And hope, flip and hope. it and buy another one. Uh, that's right. That's what there's, I told There's a hot one. tip right there from Kyle Walters. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a run on, on micro Chipper Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so, the uh, yeah, that's my – I mean, if it comes back graded 10, it's going on eBay the next day. I mean, I'll just tell you that right now. I'll take that Kate, money. you get and, to go to uh, college, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so – is, do y'all have any rookie cards that you're all's favorites or the ones you all like collecting? Or well, I guess not all. Go for it. Go, George. Well, go I'm, ahead. I have a, a sentimental favorite, and um, it's—I mean, it, it's my dad. My dad. It's not his rookie card. He didn't play, but he grew up in Missouri, <laughs> and um, he is not a huge baseball guy by any means. Um, so to get him to talk about what he did as a, as a child and, you know, is, is difficult. 
But um, he had two brothers, and they all would load up in the car, and they would travel, and they would go to baseball games. And it kind of kills me sometimes because I'll be like, well, where'd y'all go? And he's like, well, I remember, you know, we – and they went to Cardinals games all the time because they live very close in proximity to St. Louis. And he'd be like, well, I remember we went to uh, an Indians game, and he said stuff about Yankees games. And, um, and I'm like, well, who, who was playing? You know, I want to know, who'd you see play and all this? Um, but the only, you know, the only guy he remembers um, with regularity is Stan Usual. And um, – you know, Stan the man was a just a, a Cardinals. I mean, he was a very had a very reputable guy, day in day out. I mean, if you ever look at some of the stuff with Stan Musial in baseball, is just unbelievable. Um, for one, I think it's crazy. He was born in this just tiny town in, in Pennsylvania, same town as as Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Senior and Junior both were born in, um, which is just a cool a cool stat or a cool thing to look at, but. You know, he had, um, when he retired, you know, he had the same number of hits at home games as he did away games. Um, you know, unbelievable career. And, you know, I think the, the coolest thing, and, you know, you talk about how baseball just has these this fabric weave through it, is, you know, his last major league hit. And when he retired, the only person who had, who had more hits than him um, was, uh, of course, Ty Cobb, who was one of the original five Hall of Famers. But... When he retired, his last major league hit um, was a ground ball, and it was hit by a diving second baseman who was, who was in his rookie year with the Cincinnati Reds with Pete Rose, um, which I just think is just so cool. You know, Pete Rose is, is the all-time hits leader who, who passed Stan. So long story short, I'm really envious uh, of my dad because he remembers seeing Stan usual play. You know, he got to see Bob Gibson, and, I mean, he just, you know, that whole – um, that whole Cardinals teams of the sixties were unbelievable. But, um, so I have, um, one of the cards I, I went out and got, um, and it took me a while to find and it. I mean, it took a long time it was a, a 1948 Leafs stand usual. Um, and I actually found it. Um, it was a guy who was selling it and I actually asked him to, to take it to a card shop in, in Northern Kentucky and have a guy that I knew, to look at it. It's just, it's a really weird story, but I needed to make sure it was, you know, a, a legitimate rookie and, um, ended up making him an offer that he accepted on it. And, um, for me, it's just cool. Um, because that's, that was my grandfather's favorite player. My grandfather's a diehard sports fan. Um, and so while my dad got to see him and wasn't a diehard fan to me, that's just kind of, uh, you know, very, a very good baseball player that, probably very underrated. So that's, for me, that's my favorite card. And the, and the back is, is glued to an album. So the black, the back of it, the card is a mess, but that's a card that, uh, for me, I just consider a family heirloom. Yeah. You shared pictures of that card and, uh, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that the, the back won't give it a great grade, but, uh, it's just, you can tell that that card's been through, uh, a life. Yeah. It's an, you say it's what year was it? Ninety nineteen forty eight. Forty eight, so, yeah. 48. And it's still it's a I mean it's a card, even with the back all messed up, is a six hundred, seven hundred dollar card. So it's also the most valuable card I own. But uh, <laughs> that's the killer is if the back was in great shape, it's a thousands of dollars uh card. But say la vie. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll have one where the back uh, is not all messed up. But now if- <laughs> 
I don't know if he's. A, I, I, you said he's underrated. <laughs> it's staying neutral. He's, he's, I mean, he's he's like a top ten. He is baseball you know, player of all time. If you ask somebody, you know, baseball, you know, who who are the best ten players of all time? I bet you he would not get mentioned as often as Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and. Because well, he's not, he wasn't he's not as good as Babe Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, was, he is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a mil- he lost a year to military too. Well, so. awesome story, uh, George. I'm interested when you sent um, you sent over who your rookie card that name. I'm going to be honest. I don't have a clue who you're talking about. I'll... You don't know who Luis Mauricio is? Man. My goodness! I, and then I went to baseball reference. I pulled it up, and I was like. Well, again, I've mentioned this a couple of times to y'all. <laughs> I question whether or not I really know, you know, Major League Baseball. I'm like, you, this seems like somebody. He played uh, 18 seasons, I think. He's an under-the-radar Hall of Famer. And he was famous I'd... because of his double play partner. Him and Nellie Fox are both in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Nellie, yeah. But I, and I'll tell you why. It's it's my favorite rookie card. So when you was asking my favorite rookie cards, I was – you know, I've got favorites that I personally like. You know, the the of course the junior, the Griffey Junior was was great. The the uh, the future star Bo Jackson, I love that card. But when you ever when I look at rookie, when I actually look at cards and I think, what is the most aesthetically pleasing card I've ever seen? It's a, a it, it's his 1956 tops. It's amazing. I don't know if you're familiar with like, of course, the early the mid 50s all had the, it's a the big the, card, the, the portrait, right? That always. Oh yeah, yeah, and but uh, not only the portrait, but then they would have in the '56 they would have an action picture. So his action picture, he's he's literally like spread eagle jumping in the air backwards, and just just the the just aesthetically, it's one. It's probably my favorite card I've ever seen, as for baseball anyway. It's amazing. I I love the looks of it. If you haven't ever seen it, just look up the '56 Aparicio. and it's the tops, and it's it is it's, a good. I card. wish they would make cards like that because I I love it. The the look of it is beautiful. Um, of course, I like the portrait style. You know, you uh, the, that's probably my favorite part of the Topps Living set that they've got going right now is the portraits because it's it you know it looks all, it, it's like a painting and it's it's gorgeous looking. You know, it's a nice uh, picture of their face and all those things and you know that's what uh, Acuna's uh, Topps Living is has got such a big draw is because it's a it's an awesome card. But if you look at those fifty six Topps that that action scene plus plus the portrait. Um, you know, you start thinking about some of the early '80s cards. They had the circle with a with a picture of their face, right? And then they had an action an action pose or whatever going on in the actual body of the of the card. But that that '56 tops, the whole set's beautiful. But when I start talking about rookie cards, that was probably his his the way he the way he was jumping. Like I don't even know what he was doing. It couldn't have been a baseball. <laughs> Looks like he's. I don't know what he I've was got doing. the card. It's it was like, like celebrating or something. It's almost. a. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a mid jumping jack. I don't know, but but just the just looking at that card, it's just it's aesthetically the one of the most pleasing cards I've ever. I just pulled them up. I love it. I just pulled them up on eBay. I mean, just the card alone um, is about a forty to fifty dollar card. Yeah, I'd say you can get in the neighborhood of a hundred bucks. Yep. Is that one that's in the mailbox, George? <laughs> Do you have no, the card? It's not. 
in the mailbox. Oh, you got to get that. Card. No, I don't. I don't have it. I, I, I wish. I, I know. I know. I just. Uh, I wish I, those are my those mid four, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56 tops are are some of the best cards out I've ever seen. I mean, they they're are, just amazing. They're of course, awesome. that's why they're. You know, have you heard them. the fifty-two tops? <laughs> they're before? using them today. When they made fifty-two the story, tops, no, what's of course, the story? And it was a different time period, but when they made when that was Topps' first year of making baseball cards, and of course mm-hmm. it's got the uh, the Mantle rookie, which is the most famous baseball card outside of the Honus Wagner uh, top T two o six, but the yeah, Topps makes these baseball cards. They put candy, you know, they put gum in them. They were confectionery, is and kids would buy the cards and of course play with them and all this stuff and damage them. But you know, people didn't have. Um, recreational money a lot of people didn't have it to, you know in the 50s 52 in particular and so tops gets towards the end of the baseball season and they have a ton of products still left in stores and so they have a ton of inventory and nobody's buying baseball cards because you know they're not worth anything and and they're an unnecessary expense so tops can't get rid of them and so tops takes their leftover leftover inventory they put them on a ship they take them out to the harbor in new york and they dump them. <laughs> and I'm like, man, can you imagine how many mantle rookies are at the bottom of the, the harbor? You know? or, or, or Andy Pascos. <laughs> that everybody. That, yeah. That's the one that's hard to that's get. craziness. Oh, wow. Uh, I will say um, that getting it back into the card, you know, I knew that, of course, Mike Trout's a once-in-a-lifetime player. But what I didn't know is the demand for his rookie card. <sighs> you talk about, I mean, it's probably, would you say it's probably the card in most demand right now? Yes. Um, if you look at the <laughs> 2011 Tops update, um, not graded, you're looking between six and $800. Easily, I mean, that's the one. That's the one everybody wants. Um, Easily, but even if you go off the tops, I mean, you're still. Um, I, I think George, you sent me one that uh, a Donruss, which, which Donruss doesn't even. You can't even put the logos on. Yeah, they don't have the <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, the cards look odd because it's you know you got the guy with the red hat on. Um, they're even going for fifty, sixty dollars. Yeah. But if you talk without being without graded, being graded, you talk about yeah. a. I'm gonna pull this up real quick. Um, but you talk about a 2011 tops update. Mike Trout, a 10 PSA. Oh. Filter this <laughs> to show you the the sold items. Um, there was one sold. There was two sold. Three sold. There were three sold yesterday. Um, each of them was over seventeen hundred dollars. Um, Unbelievable! <laughs> now, to make this even more interesting, in two thousand eighteen, Tops did a reprint of the card, and you know, you wouldn't think that it would hold much value because it's not the card that you want. Uh, a graded ten reprint sold for one hundred twenty-five dollars. Wow. Um, you know, I, I thought it was interesting um, because that is a card that I, I think I'm probably like you all to some extent. 
of course, when I was a kid, I spent a Saturday, I spent Saturdays in the card shop. Um, we would go to card shows or my parents would drop me off. And, you know, we were fortunate in that, you know, growing up where I did, I had ball players would sign at Whataburger or Dairy Queen or wherever, and they would be there. So we'd go and get cards signed all the time. But I kind of, I got to college. Actually, my freshman year in college is kind of when, this is how old I am, it was eBay was pretty new. And I bought a Nolan Ryan rookie on eBay with uh, money that probably should have gone towards, you know, more important things in college, like books <laughs> and stuff. And um, I got ripped off. I, got, I ended up in the middle of this FBI investigation on this guy. Um, <laughs> it's a great story. It's, it's for another podcast. But it ruined me on baseball cards. And I, I would go from time to time, I would pick up a pack of baseball cards here and there. And I was still watching, you know, Major League Baseball. But um, what really got me back into collecting was, was my kids, who I would always just get them a pack of cards for, you know, they would get one from Santa Claus or Easter Bunny, whatever, every year. And they wanted more. We would be in the store and instead of asking for toys or video games, they wanted baseball cards. And that, that's kind of what got me back into the hobby. But um, I was amazed because I, I thought, well, I'll just grab some cards. And when I was getting back into the hobby, this is a year ago, two years ago even, at how expensive the Trout rookie was. Because I was like, well, I'm going to buy some of these rookies. And, <laughs> and, and Trout's rookie wasn't – it was maybe $200, $250 to, to get a Trout rookie. I was like, there's no way. And, um, man, that thing has skyrocketed. And I really think that there's a lot of people our age – who who liked baseball cards as kids, loved baseball, and now we have kids, and now we have some disposable income. Um, and I think it, right now basketball is crazy. I haven't yeah. seen a basketball pack of basketball cards in a retail store in forever. And if you go to a hobby store right now, you know, what what is sold at retail is, is $9.98 is being sold at hobby stores for 60 to a hundred bucks for a pack. It's crazy. Um, and baseball cards and the trout card itself are going that direction. I'm, you know, Jake's not on here. Jake's got a good trout story where he, he got in trout early and he got a trout. He spent, I think $50 on a trout card. Um, but, wow. but I, 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 I have a trout rookie. Well, it's, it's probably a PSA seven or eight. I haven't gotten it graded. Um, it's not perfect, but it was expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just and just I just looked it up. The pop report on those just the PSA tens. There's there's for, almost forty seven hundred PSA tens <laughs> out there, so and it's still po- it's still hitting for sixteen seventeen hundred dollars. Right, and it's, that's insane. I mean, there's there's fifteen hundred nines, and then there's less than there's less than six hundred eights or lower. So I mean, it, the population is is gigantic for a ten, but it's still drawn that i mean obviously he's he's amazing and the greatest baseball player probably in the last oh. 40 years when it's if all not ever. done at Ooh, least man you know i mean yeah i mean it's it's gonna be tough it is it is so but just he, he that's the opposite of oh, what yeah. you yeah. what you expect just, today in baseball cards you know once, did the rough uh, math on crazy. you know that figure you said for there's, if there's 4700 cards and psa 10s and they sell for 1700 dollars a piece that's eight million dollars uh, in value just on that one card. Um, so, I mean, as, and, and I seen one on here, I was just on here scanning through some more that I've sold recently. 
um, you start going into some of the special editions of that card. There's a diamond one. Oh, um, yeah. $5,500 is what that was sold for um, on Tuesday, April 14th. Yeah. Well, it's, so. it's interesting to follow. Um, and, you know, it's, when, I got, when I got my trout card, I thought this was a cool story. There was a guy who was in high school. And I had talked to him about, because, you know, I was, if it, you're ever going to spend money on a card like that, you want to know background, you want to know more. And the guy I bought it from, um, when 2011 Tops Update came out, that, that reinvigorated a lot of people with baseball cards because of that Trout rookie card. And he told me that he was in high school and he had a job, but he took his first credit card out ever. He went into a Best Buy and he bought which I remember Best Buy selling cards. I don't think they have probably for five or ten years. But he went into a Best Buy and bought every – he bought their entire inventory of 2011 Tops Update. And he had like 20-something um, Mike Trout rookies, and he held on to them. And he was selling them, and he had quite a few different you know rookies. He was selling because he was getting married. Uh, I thought, well, that's like the true – you know, that's the true baseball card story of he's going to pay for his wedding with Mike Trout rookies, and he really did. It's <laughs> um, kind of a cool story, I thought. Yeah. So an unopened box of 2011 um, Tops updates. Can't even hardly find them. You can't. I mean, they're but they go for, for old... We've uh, I've scanned YouTube and watched some people try to open, uh, open up that trout rookie, and <laughs> the reaction when they realize they probably spent a grand on a box of cards and <laughs> the one. trout rookie's not in there. Uh, you almost have yeah. to. I mean, it's not. Pres- you almost have to find somebody who doesn't necessarily know what they've got um, on yeah. eBay. And I, you know, I I saw someone the other day who. Because I, you know, you can save searches in eBay feeds, and so I one of the searches I have saved is 2011 Tops Update Unopened Tops Pack, and um, I got one the other day that that hit my email feed, and I think I told Jake about this, and it just said pack of 2011 a rack pack of 2011 Tops Update it said buy it now 19.99. I immediately clicked on it and realized it had already been sold. You know, when the email came out, and I got to looking in the language. And it was an it was an opened pack. It was the wrapper only, um, and somebody had <laughs> just, just the nineteen ninety nine for it. Now, what's funny is, is the next day I get an email from eBay that says, you know, it's the same seller has the same wrapper. It's selling for fourteen ninety nine. Buy it now, and it says in the title, wrapper only. <laughs> so somebody had literally clicked on it and bought it without even reading the description, you know, trying to to get that pack. Um, and I was, I mean, uh, to be frank, if it was still available, I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> Here's the uh, eBay $2,500 oh. is a, a box of 2011 Tops Updates unopened, 24 packs, 10 cards to a pack. Just the packs alone are $80 plus. Oof. Those are 10 cards in a pack. It's crazy. That is pretty and, insane. But the, the other rookie card that lies in that uh, box is the uh, the Freddie Freeman, 
that of course being a being a Braves fan. Um, <laughs> that's in series I'd one to have. That's in series that's in one. Series, oh yeah, that's true. That's you can true. still get that in series one. Of course, series one tops. And here's the interesting thing about all 2011 tops is when somebody lists a pack on eBay, and I know this because you were talking about we opened a pack of, of every series of tops uh, all the way to 1977 to 2020. And it was really hard to get a Series 1 2011 pack of tops because every time it goes on eBay, I think a lot of people who don't know a whole lot about baseball cards just assume Mike Trout's rookie might be in it. So those things go for sky high. Huh. Funny. Just another Mike Trout moment. I was watching something uh... – and as a prank, when Mike Trout was in the minors, um, Jared Weaver had Mike Trout's phone number on the Jumbotron and said, call this number for all your baseball questions. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Well, guys, we'll, I guess we'll call it a wrap on this podcast. Uh, if anybody's still any- listening at this point, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Don't What's don't up, Jake? don't <laughs> be shocked. Yeah. Uh, I think I do believe we saved some of our best content for the end, but, uh, but yeah. They Any parting words? I feel like Jake will get there. <laughs> What's up, Jake? We're we're not quite an hour and a half in. We're only about an hour and twenty minutes, but uh, I don't know. I'd listen to it. Hey, this has been good for my soul. This has been very good for my soul. It. Just to hear yeah. you guys' voice has uh, been good. Oh, that's best. Awesome. Well, I hope everybody comes back. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some more uh, <laughs> unexciting things to discuss about Jake, what we Jake's love. Jake's way more entertaining than the and rest of us. All... Yeah. He's, he's, he's six <laughs> hours into Call of Duty right now as a, as a mid-30s man with a large beard. So I'm sure he's, he's living uh... the good life. I don't know how that works, but uh, – we we hope uh, we hope you we hope to have better content and more excitement um, and and let's yeah, uh, yeah. I'm all let's about keep it. it going. All right, thanks everybody. Yeah, hey, thanks for having us. Thanks everybody, appreciate we'll it. See y'all. Right. Bye. Hey, y'all hanging up? <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, not. I'm gonna <laughs> cut it. Gonna... Oh, cut. That what are you gonna do? Do, can, do you know how to edit it yet, or is that what, um, that's what's coming? I have next? a good idea how to edit it. Um, Chris, you got 